Hello, this is Edwin Crozier from the Franklin Church of Christ. I want to welcome you and thank you for joining us in one of our most exciting lessons on prayer. This is the concluding lesson in our series on prayer at the Franklin Church. We called it The Kinds of Prayer. It's a sermon in scripture, song, and prayer. Throughout this lesson, you will hear me refer to the congregation being led in song. Due to the recording restrictions we have, we'll not be able to include the congregational singing that was done throughout this lesson. However, we have included the scriptural teaching and the prayers that were a part of this service. May God bless us as we learn about the kinds of prayer. Has it been a good month? As we conclude our month of prayer, we want to gather here and, and really what I view as almost, the, the, well it is, it's the climax, it's the culminating service in all that we've done. We're devoting tonight completely to prayer, looking at the kinds of prayer, and we're going to talk about the, we're going to lump them up into three different kinds, the prayer of adoration, the prayer of confession, and the prayer of supplication. And as we do that, we're going to take a look at what the Word of God has to say about each of those. Then we're going to sing some songs that go along and correspond with that, some of the songs that are prayers in those various uh, classes. And then we're going to be led in a particular prayer along the lines of whichever one we are studying. I am excited about what we're going to be doing tonight as we worship God, studying His Word, singing and praying, edifying one another, and praising our God. Why don't we go ahead and start with a prayer. God and Father in heaven, we humble ourselves before you because you are awesome and you are powerful. We're thankful for this opportunity that we have to worship you and we're thankful for all those who have come out tonight to be with us. For the brethren who are members here, we're thankful for their commitment as they continue in their devotion to serving you and their devotion to this congregation, their devotion to prayer. We're thankful for our guests who are here with us tonight and pray that you would bless them in their lives. If they're already your children, Father, we pray that you would continue to be with them. If we have guests here who are not your children yet, we pray that they will be pricked by things that they hear and study here, that they will also want to be saints who can pray to you. Father, we are so thankful that you allow us to pray. And we ask that you would continue to be with us. Help us be devoted to you in prayer. Father, please accept these humble offerings that we give You. We know that we cannot even begin to give what is Your due. And we're thankful that You accept what we offer You. And we're thankful for what You've offered us through Your Son. Father, we pray that we will always look to His cross. We'll always put that forefront in our minds as we choose how to live that we will strive to live worthy of the calling with which You've called us through Your Son and the cross. Forgive us where we have fallen short and help us to overcome the tempter. Go with us throughout the remainder of this service, Father. We pray that not only that You will bless us, but we pray that we will be a blessing to You. In Your Son's name we pray. Amen. Blessed are You, Lord God of Israel, our Father, forever and ever. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness, the power, and the glory, the victory, and the majesty. For all that is in heaven and in earth is Yours. Yours is the kingdom, O Lord, and You are exalted as head over all. Both riches and honor come from You, and You reign over all. In Your hand is power and might. In Your hand it is to make great and to give strength to all. Now therefore, our God, we thank You and praise Your glorious name. But who am I? And who are my people that we should be able to offer so willingly as this? For all things come from You, and of Your own we have given you. What an amazing prayer of adoration found in First Chronicles chapter 29, beginning in verse 10 on through verse 15. And that was only the beginning of it. I don't know about you, 
But if you're like me, you're blown away by a prayer such as this. Now, don't get me wrong. I, I praise God in my prayers. But when I come to a prayer such as this, that David offered, I realize that for all the praise that I've ever offered, I am just a little schoolboy when it comes to adoration and praise in prayer. And again, I don't know about you, but I know that in my past, when it comes to praise language, language of adoration, attempting to extol the virtues of God, I just haven't done very much of that. I get to, I praise you, Lord, because you're awesome and powerful and mighty, and after that I kind of run dry. And frankly, throughout my history, I can't say that I've ever seen very many role models outside of the Bible who ever did much more than that either. When we take a look at the Word of God and we talk about adoring God and praising God as they did in the Scripture, we recognize that adoration and prayers of praise and thanksgiving are not just some religious duty that we mark off the checklist. We recognize that praise and thanksgiving in prayer is the natural response from the child of God who recognizes how truly awesome and mighty and amazing and powerful and glorious and victorious and merciful and loving and on we could go about how our God is. It's no wonder in Revelation chapter 4, Revelation chapter 4, beginning at verse 9, that we see this prayer of praise from the elders and the creatures surrounding the throne of God. As in Revelation chapter 4 and verse 9 it says, Whenever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to Him who sits on the throne, who lives forever and ever, the twenty-four elders fall down before Him who sits on the throne and worship Him who lives forever and ever and cast their crowns before the throne saying, You are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power for You created all things and by Your will they exist and were created. Our God is worthy of praise and honor because our God is the holy God. Because our God is the powerful Creator. Because our God is the righteous Judge. Because our God is the loving Redeemer. Because our God is the merciful Benefactor. Because our God is, as Paul said in 1 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 17, the King, eternal, immortal, excuse me, immortal, invisible, God who alone is wise. And to Him be glory and honor forever and ever. That is our God. And when we recognize that, how could we do anything but just absolutely adore Him and offer that adoration in prayer? We would often subdivide adoration, excuse me, we'd often subdivide adoration into praise and thanksgiving. If we were going to divide them up into that type of subdivision, we would recognize that, that thanksgiving is honoring God and blessing God for those things that He has already done. And sometimes even honoring and blessing God for those things He hasn't done yet, but that we're absolutely convinced already that He's going to do. Praise is the idea of honoring and blessing God for who He is and what He can do. To illustrate the difference. We praise God because He is merciful and because His loving kindness does endure forever. We thank God 
Because in His mercy, He sent His Son to die for us on the cross. But in either case, we are offering adoration to God because of how awesome He is. Why would we offer praise? Well, we could probably spend hours and hours talking about that, and we're not going to. But of course, the number one reason that we offer praise to God is because God deserves it. Psalm 96 and verse 8. Psalm 96 and verse 8, we're advised there, Give to the Lord the glory due His name. We adore Him, praising Him and thanking Him because He deserves it. That's the number one reason. But the number two reason is what I really want us to hone in on. We adore God, praising Him and thanking Him because we need to. Adoration provides us with the proper perspective on life. We need to adore and honor God. And it's not just an issue of we need to adore and honor God because if we don't, He's going to judge us. We need to adore and honor God because of all the things that it does for us. You take a look at that prayer of adoration in First Chronicles chapter 29 and take a look at David and his perspective on life and on God. And we recognize that when I offer and when we offer up prayers of adoration, of praise and honor and glory and thanksgiving and blessing to God, it provides us with the proper perspective on God, on who He is versus who we are. And it reminds us that God is God and we are not. It provides us with the proper perspective on our relationship with God. And I'll tell you one of the things it does. Because so often we spend most of our time in petition and supplication in prayer, oftentimes our perspective toward God is about all the things that He hasn't done for us yet or the things that we want Him to do for us. But when we spend our time in adoration, in praise and in thanksgiving, it changes our perspective to recognize what God has done. And we begin to realize that what He has done is already far more than we deserve. What an amazing and glorious God we serve that allows us to praise and honor and adore Him. Allow me just to give you a little bit of advice about praise and adoration. First of all, if you want to adore God in prayer, the very first thing you have to do is you actually have to adore God. You actually have to love Him in your heart and to really feel that adoration. Secondly, when you praise and honor God and you give thanks to Him. Praise and honor Him for the spiritual blessings as well as the physical. We live in a material world and far too often we are material people. And we can thank God for the house and for the car and the money and the clothes, but all of those things are going to be burned up and destroyed. The greater blessings that God has offered us are the spiritual blessings the forgiveness that He's given us in His Son, Jesus, that will not be destroyed when the world is ended, but we will carry that with us. We need to praise Him for that and thank Him for that. And as we offer our praise and our thanksgiving to God, be specific. Don't just say, Dear Lord, thank You so much for our physical blessings and our spiritual blessings. Which ones are you really thankful for? List them. I pray with my kids every night, just about every night. And I love listening to them pray. Of course, right now with Ryan, it's thank Mommy, thank Daddy, Amen. So he's still got a lot of room to grow. Tessa, however, boy, it's been amazing watching her and Ethan. And I'll tell you, 
there are some nights my watchfulness in prayer is tested by my seven-year-old and my five-year-old. Because they're pretty specific. Have you ever heard a child pray? Dear God, thank You for Mommy and for Daddy and for our house and for my bedroom and for Ethan and for Ryan and for Tessa and for Granny C and Granddaddy C and for Grandmother and Grandfather and for Aunt Becca and Uncle Nathan and Uncle Seth and Uncle Adam and Uncle Brad and Aunt Nicole and Uncle Christopher. And thank You for my teddy bear and thank You for my... Uh, rabbit doll, and thank you for my night light, and thank you for my friends Billy, and Susie, and Cody, and Bailey, and Liam, and Victoria, and, and, and I'm just sitting there thinking, man, you know, I was watching TV before it was bedtime, and my, my show's gonna be over. Isn't that sad? That's the kind of praise we need to offer. Specific and thorough. Perhaps that's part of it when Jesus pointed out that we need to become like little children. Be specific. Be thankful. And of course, the last piece of advice I want to offer you is no matter how good at praise you might think you are or are not, no matter how much room to grow that you have, Praise God. Bless Him. Honor Him. Glorify Him. In the best way that you know how. Adore God. Shall we pray? Who am I, Lord, that you would pay attention to me? Father, we sit here in these pews this evening. We all have reached a certain level of spiritual maturity. But when we were first introduced to you and to your son, that question was at the top of our list. We were hearers. Father, to have heard someone glorified your name by preaching to us or teaching us. We thank you so much for that. For a good number of us, it might have been that we grew up in a family much like Timothy did. We had grandparents and parents who taught us from an early age. Father, for others, it might have just been a friend, another believer who cared enough to share Christ with us. Father, still for others, it might have just been the deafening testimony of your creation that was their introduction to you, the Almighty God. Father, you have forever been, you are, you forever will be. Who are we that you would pay attention to us? Father, still others, after we heard, continue to nurture us, to feed us milk. And it came to the point where we believed and we confessed our faith in your Son, Jesus. Thank you for those teachers, Bible class teachers, my grandfather who was a preacher. We all can remember many individuals who were involved in that process. Thank you, God, for those people. For many here in this audience who are elderly, I'm sure that list is very long. For those of us who are new babes in Christ, it's probably a short list. Thank you for all those, Father. Some may be living, some may be dead. Father, when we repented and were baptized, we have your Son, Jesus Christ, to thank for that. 
He removed our sins from us as far as the east is from the west. How far away is that? And it's only because your mercy is everlasting and everlasting that it was even possible. Thank you, God. I can remember the preacher who baptized me, Father. Thank you so much for him. Who made it a lifelong goal to glorify you by preaching the gospel. Father, the list goes on and on with more souls, your children, who continue to impact our lives and, and, and encouraging us to walk in that newness of life that we made the commitment to. Thank you, God, for them. Thank you for that person sitting next to us on the pew. for their encouragement just by being here. Father, help each one of us having looked back on where we've come from to want to do the same to bring glory to you. Father, use each one of us individually to glorify your name by not neglecting the equipping that we have received. I'm reminded, Father, of one of the very first Bible verses that I learned as a child. Praise you, Father, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made Father, you made us in your image. Father, you gave us free will. Father, you put us inside bodies that have very complex systems that we don't even know all that there is to know about. You've given us the ability to communicate, Father. Father, make us to see and hear those things that would ultimately bring glory to you, that would stir up love and good works inside of us rather than lust and envy. Father, help us to say and do those things that would build up and encourage rather than to tear down and discourage. Father, use our families to glorify you, Father. Help us to want to glorify you, Father, by disciplining our, disciplining our children. We read in your word that it's not a pleasant process, Father, but it does glorify you because you've told us time and time again that your ways are higher than ours. Train up a child in the way he should go, and he will not turn from it. Father, help us to really believe that. We want to bring glory to your name. Father, help us to glorify you by putting our interests second to those of our spouse. Once again, your ways are higher than ours. We acknowledge that. Father, use this church to glorify you. I thank you, Father, for that brother or sister that comes up to me and says, Mark, you're sinning. God wouldn't appreciate that. 
Stop it. Help me to recognize, Father, that that brother and sister is bringing glory to you. And Father, help me to respond in such a way that I bring glory to you by acknowledging that it's only from you that I can seek forgiveness. Only you has the power. It's only your son that has paid the price that will bring about that reconciliation. Father, I'm thankful for the many examples that I've seen in seven months here of glory being brought to you. People have come forward confessing sin, acknowledging before the whole world that it is only you, Father, that can heal them. It's nothing we can do on our own. Glory be to you, God. God, it is only you who can reconcile a torn apart marriage. It's only your power that can do that. Father, use our country to achieve your ultimate objectives. Oh, we're so blessed to be in America. I thank you so much for those ancestors that we don't even know who took upon themselves the challenge of establishing a new country primarily because they wanted to be able to worship you freely. Oh, how blessed we are today that those fights have already been fought. Father, even more blessed is the fact that not only are we citizens of America, but we are citizens of your kingdom, even here and now. Father, thank you for giving us, giving us that definition of your elect and what it takes to be numbered in that. Your perfect word revealed to us by your Holy Spirit. which we heard about many years ago. Father, when I think about all this, I, I just can't help but think to myself, why would we want to do anything but glorify you? We owe you our lives. Help us to glorify you in all that we do. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for giving us the answer as to why you would pay attention to us. It's in your Son, Jesus' name we pray. Amen. O Lord, great and awesome God, who keeps His covenant and mercy with those who love Him and with those who keep His commandments. We have sinned and committed iniquity. We have done wickedly and rebelled, even by departing from Your precepts and Your judgment. Neither have we heeded Your servants, the prophets, who spoke in Your name to our kings and our princes, to our fathers and all the people of the land. O oh Lord, righteousness belongs to You, but to us shame of face. As it is this day, O oh Lord, to us belongs shame of face, to our kings, our princes, and our fathers, because we have sinned against You. To the Lord our God belong mercy and forgiveness, though we have rebelled against Him. We have not obeyed the voice of the Lord our God to walk in His laws, which He set before us by His servants, the prophets. O oh my God, incline Your ear and hear Open your eyes and see our desolations and the city which is called by your name. 
For we do not present our supplications before you because of our righteous deeds, but because of your great mercies. O Lord, hear. O Lord, forgive. O Lord, listen and act. Do not delay for your own sake, my God, for your city and your people are called by your name. Daniel chapter 9, excerpted from verses 4 through 19. What a powerful prayer of confession. The word translated confess in our New Testaments is homo legeo. Homo meaning same, legeo meaning word. It's the idea of saying the same words. When we are confessing something, we are saying the same words as someone else regarding that thing. In the spiritual sense, as we look through the Word of God, we find that confession then means to say the same thing that God says about something. If we're going to be confessing Christ... We're going to be saying that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, that He lived, He died for for us and was resurrected for us. We're going to be saying the same thing about Him that God says about Him. And when we are confessing our sins, what that means is we must be saying the same thing about our sins that God says about our sins. When we see that, we see a very interesting connection then between confession and repentance. Because repentance, of course, as we've heard in numerous lessons, is the idea of to think through again. And what we find is this picture. We've been walking a certain way and through our actions we've been saying a certain thing about sin. But because of God's Word, because of what we've read here or what some have taught us as Mark just prayed, we began to think through again those actions. And we decided to say about those things the same thing that God says about those things. And we turn away from them, repenting. And we confess them to God, asking for His forgiveness. We say about them the same thing He says and ask us to forgive Him. And if we were going to say the same thing about our sins as God says about them, what would we say? What would we do? We wouldn't mitigate. We wouldn't qualify. We wouldn't justify. We wouldn't blame others. We would just point out, I sinned. Let me just ask you, do you ever just get tired of friends or your kids, or even your spouse who comes to you and says, I am so sorry that I did such and such. But you know, whenever you do this or that, I just can't help myself. Now, what kind of apology is that? That's just a way to start another fight, isn't it? I don't think God likes those kind of confessions either. That's not what God says about our sins. God says that our sins are not just mistakes in judgment. They're not just character flaws. They're not just something we did because we're only human. God says that sin is wicked rebellion against Him and against His law and against His Word. God says that sin is what separates us from Him and causes us to be worthy of eternal damnation. And we've got to recognize that. Allow me to offer you some advice when it comes to confession. The very first thing, just be honest. If you took the Lord's name in vain, be honest with God. Don't confess to a slip of the tongue. Confess to blasphemy. If you lusted after someone in your heart, be honest. Don't just confess to wandering eyes. Confess to adultery in your heart. Be honest with God. Tell Him what you really did. He already knows. You might as well tell Him. Be specific. I don't know about you and your personal prayers, but I do know that typically when it comes to the, what we pray here in the congregation, when it comes to confession, about the most we say is, Dear God, forgive us because we're sinners. If the guy leading prayers is really into oratory, he might say, forgive us for our sins, those we've committed by commission or omission. But that's often about it. We need to be specific, and I'll tell you why. 
especially in private prayers. I can remember the time when it dawned on me that every night I went to bed and I prayed, God, I'm a sinner, forgive me of my sins. And I realized that rarely had I ever stopped to even think which sins it was I was asking forgiveness for. And because I had rarely ever stopped to think which sins it was I was really asking for forgiveness, I had never stopped to think, what am I going to do tomorrow to make sure I don't commit them again? And you see, that leads us to the next point. Proverbs chapter 28 and verse 13. What a powerful statement we find in Proverbs chapter 28 and verse 13. He who covers his sins will not prosper, but whoever confesses and forsakes them will have mercy. We've got to confess our sins and forsake them. It's not enough just to say, God, I'm really sorry I did that. I've got to be committing myself to turn away from it. And then, of course, remember what we learned from Jesus' example prayer. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. God will forgive us in the same way that we forgive others when they confess their sins to us. And we've got to be willing to forgive when others confess. Let us never take for granted the great privilege of confession. Psalm 32 And verse 1 says, Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. What a great blessing it is. Would you pray with me? Great God and Father of mankind, the Alpha and the Omega, Lord of hosts, who is and was and is to come, With unity of thought, we bring to you our prayer of confession this evening. And we ask, Father, that the Holy Spirit help our utterance as we do so. As your people, we have no remembrance of the dry ground between the parted waters. No remembrance of the terrible firestorm that descended upon Mount Sinai, the violent earthquake, the threat of death upon its slopes. And thus, this might be our lamentation, Father, that our generation is cursed because you have hidden your face from us. We have no recollection of the nail-scarred hands. But we believe. Yea, verily, we believe that Jesus is real. And yet, if that belief is not accompanied by a conviction of heart, it is to be compared to that of the demons who also believe and tremble. We are then most to be pitied among men, Father, those who would be saints of the Most High, who have known the way and will judge angels who have transgressed and sinned against you who continue to say every day we sin until ingrained in our minds it becomes an inevitability. And it is true, for we have found ourselves in circumstances where we are ashamed to name the name of Christ in this politically correct society. We have not virtue to show our moral courage and to take a stand in this decadent age Our convictions bottled up, we proclaim indifference without even trying. Shall we cry in the streets, there is no God, and the symbol is the temple on the Lord's day? We've played the harlot with our own idols. We have colored our sins into some kind of hierarchy that does not exist in your eyes, into shades of gray. And we can twist the very Scriptures to our own justification. We have blasphemed without thinking and lied to both men and to you, O God. As the prophet Habakkuk prayed, so we echo. Lord, we have heard your report and we fear. O Lord, revive your work in the midst of the years. In the midst of the years, make it known in wrath 
remember mercy. Let the long-suffering of the great I Am continue chasing us when we look back to the bondage that was. Yes, chasing us with your mighty and loving hand that your name will be glorified. Forgive us of our sins, Father. Forgive us of our sins, Father. Forgive us of our sins. We offer up this prayer by the name of the King of kings and Lord of lords who purchased us with His blood and through whom we have hope. Amen. O Lord God of Israel, the One who dwells between the cherubim, You are God, You alone of all the kingdoms of the earth. You have made heaven and earth. Incline Your ear, O Lord, and hear. Open Your eyes, O Lord, and see. And hear the words of Sennacherib, which he has sent to reproach the living God. Truly, Lord, the kings of Assyria have laid waste the nations and their lands and have cast their gods into the fire. For they were not gods, but the work of men's hands, wood and stone. Therefore they destroyed them. Now therefore, O Lord our God, I pray, save us from His hand, that all the kingdoms of the earth may know that You are the Lord God. You alone. Second Kings chapter 19, verses 15 through 19. What an amazing prayer of supplication. As Hezekiah petitioned God, we need your help. But God, it's not so much that we need your help. You need to be glorified. And you're being blasphemed. It amazes me. Rather, I should say, it doesn't amaze me so much that God allows us to come into His presence and extol His virtues with praise and adoration. It really doesn't amaze me so much that He allows us to come into His presence and inform Him of how sinful we are in comparison to His holiness. But it does absolutely amaze me that He allows us to come into His presence and make requests that He would use His almighty power in our lives. And even more than that, it amazes me that He allows us to come into His presence as though we are somehow special friends of His that can bend His ear to make requests that His almighty power might be used in somebody else's life. That is phenomenal. And yet that is exactly what He does. Matthew chapter 7, verses 7 through 11. Matthew chapter 7 and verse 7. Ask and it shall be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks it will be opened. Or what man is there among you who, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask Him? We've said it before. We'll say it again. How many of God's gifts go unopened because His children do not ask? James chapter 4 and verse 2 indicates that there are blessings that God is willing to give to His children. He says to them, you lust, James 4 and verse 2, you lust and don't have. You murder and covet and can't obtain. You fight in war. Yet you do not have because you do not ask. There are blessings that He would give. We remember James chapter 1 and verse 5 where it said, ask for wisdom because God will give wisdom. He wants to give us wisdom, but we have to ask. I remember 1 John chapter 1 and verse 9. How important is this? He says, confess your sins and God is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. God doesn't want anybody to perish. He wants everybody to come to repentance, but we've got to ask. And God allows us to ask. Is anybody else just amazed at that? That's just phenomenal. He says, ask. As we consider our supplications, as we come into the presence of God, remember James chapter 4 and verse 3. 
You ask and do not receive because you ask amiss that you may spend it on your pleasure. Take it very seriously when you come into the presence of God to ask Him that He expend His power in your life. Why do you want it? Is it so that you may spend it on your own pleasure? These questions are not easy. Why is it that you want that job? Why is it that you want that promotion? Why is it that you want your loved one's life to continue? Is it just to expend it on your own pleasure? Or is it because in some way God will be glorified and others will be served? We must remove selfishness and remember that at the heart of every prayer we offer, if we're going to pray the way the people in here pray, our prayers are to be about God's glory and His will being accomplished, not our own. And when we pray in that mindset, we can pray believing. As we pray those prayers, as with all of them, be specific. Don't just pray, God, please bless me. Be specific. Don't just pray, God, please bless them. Be specific. What blessing is it that we are asking for and why? I'll tell you, some of the generalities that we often use are prayers that really, how could we really pray them? Think of this one. Dear Lord, please bless and heal the sick the world over. I have no doubt that we believe God can do that, but do any of us believe God will do that? And in fact, don't, don't most of us believe God won't do that? Because we know how He works. People get sick. People die. That's the way He set up the world. If you've got somebody sick in mind, why don't you be specific and pray for them? I'd take too long. There's too many of them. Hey, we've already challenged. Maybe we ought to be spending a little more time in prayer. But be specific. Be humble. Be thankful. Do you remember the lepers who came to Jesus? They asked to be healed, and Jesus healed them, and only one returned and gave thanks. That's why Paul in Philippians points out, be anxious for nothing, but in everything with prayer and thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Be thankful. What a blessing it is that God hears us, His servants, as we supplicate Him, petitioning on our own behalf, interceding on behalf of others. Let us never take this for granted. Let us always approach it with care and caution. But let's remember how amazing it is that God allows us to approach Him. And therefore, approach Him. Ask. Again, it's all growth. I'll be honest with you. As we've gone through this whole month, I have almost gotten scared to ask God for anything. I really have. Because sometimes I'm worried about what my mindset is. And am I really concerned about God's glory or am I just thinking about me? But it is about growth. And we remember that the Holy Spirit intercedes, helps us in our weaknesses when we do not know how to pray as we ought. Let's praise God. Let's confess. And let's request. Let's pray together. Our Heavenly Father, we bow with all humility to make our petitions and our pleas known. And we ask you to consider our earnest requests. We make our request together, Father, with our thanksgiving for all of the past blessings you've given to us.
We ask you to be in our lives. And we are so grateful that you grant us the grace of prayer that we can come unto you. Thank you for listening to our prayers, Father. We do praise you for your loving kindness. Use us, Father, to accomplish your will and help us to serve you and serve others. We pray not only for ourselves, but we ask your blessings upon all men, especially our brethren the world over, that your word would be spread and that many would be saved. And we are grateful that you allow us to make our plea on the behalf of others. We're also thankful, Father, for our daily food and that you have provided the needs for our bodies. We are so thankful that you hear our prayers and of those of our families and our friends who are sick to bless them and to provide the things that are needed by each person. Thank you, Father, for our spiritual blessings, for forgiveness, and for salvation. We pray that we will increase in strength and wisdom and understanding and zeal before you. We pray for deliverance from Satan, Father, and that all would believe unto salvation. We pray that your will would be done and that you will be glorified. Forgive our sins, Father, and save us when Jesus returns. We do pray in his name, and amen. How uplifting prayer and Bible study truly are. We've examined the three major categories of prayer, adoration, confession, and supplication. I certainly hope our understanding and participation in each category has been improved. I certainly hope our devotion to prayer has been improved. Again, I want to thank you for joining us at the Franklin Church of Christ in this study. I invite you to study with us on any number of subjects. If you've been given this lesson on CD by a friend, feel free to get on our website at www.franklinchurchofchrist.com and download any of the lessons we have available in audio format, or download the outlines to print out and study on your own. If you have any questions about prayer or about the Franklin Church of Christ, please contact us by calling 615-794-2359 or contact us through our website. Again, that's franklinchurchofchrist.com. May God richly bless you, and may you richly bless God.